to the Dog Zone 9000. I'm the Internet's Sean Baby, and this is the official podcast for 1900hotdog.com. Uh, uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm joined with, uh, uh, as always, with Brockway, Robert Brockway, my partner and colleague in, in hilarity. <laughs> I'm not sure when you're going to stop. When do I come in? <laughs> it's my best intro. <laughs> you got to keep me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my Christopher Walken impression of Robert Brockway learning a Boston accent. In- inside jokes to things we didn't put in the podcast. Bold start, bold proposition. It's the only one. I thought, how could I make this worse? How about how about like this? I don't know. I probably nailed it. How about our guest? So, no, I have zero notes. I have no notes. That's... <laughs> our guest is Tom Rayman. <laughs> From the internet, <laughs> Tom Ryman, welcome. It's it's great to have you. I think we've uh, we've Thanks. each been on your podcast, yes. and it's good to have you on ours finally. Indeed, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited to do it. It's uh, it's it's been great. Uh, God, what what an assault of an introduction, yeah. brave man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, it's, uh, it's, I've, I've really enjoyed listening to uh, you, your, your podcast as it's, you know, been coming out. Whatever Thank it you. is that that podcast do. Why the fuck is the energy so weird in this opening? I don't know. I, if, I feel like before we started recording, we were best pals, and now it's just like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, I blame myself and my broadcast. Never skills. met before. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just like you brought in walking the last three early. guys in a bar there's there's one girl left on the dance floor we're like acting like we're cool but we all know we're gonna have to fight soon oh uh, yeah well we don't have to fight we've all been there <laughs> there are, <laughs> there are other options left to us I, I like where this is going tell me more fucking i was i was kind of hitting it <laughs> fucking mm-hmm. okay i was being coy about it but i guess i don't have to I like to just lay it all out there. Yeah, I'm playing that at core. More 80s high school movies should have ended with the hero just fucking the bully. <laughs> the hero and the <laughs> like bully they like settle the their differences and they're like, they're just, yeah, yeah, I guess. I <laughs> like, guess. I mean, like, ro- like you know, pa- you know, passionately, romantically, but still like with a little bit of that animalistic in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. owing to their relationship that they've That's- had for the for the previous 90 minutes of the film. That's good energy. You can't push me around anymore, Butch. <laughs> Wait, what? What are we doing, Butch? What's this? Oh, Butch. I think I'd watch that. Yeah. Uh, that uh, how would that would that make the Karate Kid worse? I think not. No, that would make. That's it much a perfect better. example of where it would make it much better. Yeah. Yeah, that's the now. Now that I look at it, the na- the character, the narrative arcs, they all close. Mm-hmm. On them fucking yeah. tenderly on on top of a classic car, and think of the tension it would add to like the the current Caesar series. Like if these characters like have this moment that they don't want to talk about, they don't know how to process. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it happens. would be so good. That would be like the series finale is them embracing the moment that they've been trying like, to deny all their lives. We have to write this now, Johnny. Remember that night? Oh shit! Wait, this we don't is talk fan about fiction. that, Larusso. <laughs> I just realized it's fan fiction. <laughs> We're writing slash yep, fan that's fiction. Yeah, that's why they we do it. We just invented slash fan, yeah, fan yeah, that's, fiction. That's what all slash, slash fiction is about. We just figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Welcome back to the show. We just invented uh, slash fan fiction just now in 2021. Honestly, good for us. You know, I feel like people were, have been circling it for years, and, and then we finally cracked mm-hmm. it. We cracked that case. 
broke the seal. Mm -hmm. You guys are welcome. Go yeah. ahead. You can use it. You can use it on almost anything, I think. I mean, as long as it's Karate probable. Kid properties, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I this would go if, to like uh, cartoons or anything. I, I don't think this would work on that. What if they were Karate Kid people, but also centaurs? Just mm -hmm. that's a good loophole. Okay. Yeah, centaur sex is rough because, like, I'm just—is it the horse? Is it the guy? Uh, I don't know. I think this is another problem we could solve. We just spend forty more minutes hammering at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is that? That's also where are we going? I mean, we we, had, we sort of have something planned, but like this sounds pretty fun. Incidentally, spending forty minutes hammering at it is also the solution to cent centaur sex. That's how you make it through. <laughs> and the title of my fanfic. <laughs> I think we already solved it. Boom. Well, normally, we like to talk at the at the top of the show about our current projects we're working on. Do you have anything, Tom, that you'd like to talk? Maybe we could help break that too. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, no, I mean, outside of just, you know, the normal stuff we do over at Gameplay Unemployed, I have I have nothing I'm working on. I'm, like, wasting the pandemic. And, but you guys are going at, like, breakneck speed, right? You're doing podcasts. Yeah, you do, what, like, like eight podcasts six, seven a hours? day. That's true, yeah. <laughs> we do record every <laughs> single day. So uh, I guess I can take it a little easier on myself. But, yeah, I, I've really, like, I keep seeing friends and you know uh professional acquaintances and stuff like posting on social media about i just i just finished my third script i'm like i haven't done a fucking thing all year <laughs> like, hey i just finished my third script <laughs> congratulations i'm on page six of like 11 or 12 i was, I was well, hopefully, feeling pretty bad about it I, hopefully our conversation today will you know the, the centaurs and the and the and the cobra kai that'll that'll at least get you a couple more pages along yeah that's what you i meant all i just finished a script i just figured out where it was going that one i was having so much trouble with and like of course they fuck at the end both of them centaurs i i get it now it's perfect centaurs centaurs, centaurs. you pronounce centaur like christopher walken pronounces centaurs. Centaurs. i think you got in my head with that walk yeah. <laughs> i think he's in my head now I don't know where I'm going. Now I'm just picturing a movie where Christopher Walken is the only person in a land of centaurs. And he's like, what am I going to do about all these centaurs? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Would he have to conquer them or is he trying to get back home? I don't know. He'd have to like for at least a part of the portion of it. He would have to learn how to like get by in their world because like everything would be sure. designed for four legs and he only has two. I think oh, he's be like trying Encino to teach Man. one to race. I think he's trying to inspire one. It's kind of a I like kind I of like a Finding that. Forrester vibe, where mm -hmm. he's got to teach him to be the best, the best strange centaur. one. <laughs> you have but centaur. two legs, but you run like that of one with six. And you're, you're the like, man, you're the yeah. man horse Cause, now because legs are in your heart. And Christopher Walken <laughs> yes. has four extra legs in his heart. <laughs> just thrashing around centaur heavy kicking him in the rib cage in the back <laughs> of the ribs i mean yeah. i know i put that in our notes but i, I was kind of joking i didn't think we were gonna go so hard on the centaurs that's, that's how we go we go yeah. hard we go hard well i just um finished up a big project about i say big project i made fun of a fucking old vhs tape but it did take me a weird amount of time. For like 8,000 words. You make <laughs> yeah, it. it was excessive. But it's about this little boy named Beesbo who comes from space uh, as a star traveler on a solo mission, crash lands, and immediately transforms into a human child and um, 
starts to learn manners from two very obnoxious children. And uh, that's like the premise of the of the whole movie. It was produced by Danny Bonaducci's sister, Celia uh, Bonaducci. Mm-hmm. And um, as Brockway was saying to me earlier, that it's just this sort of thing that um, feels like an auteur piece. It's like a Kubrick film in that no one gave her notes. That it's... They couldn't it, have. They so, couldn't have possibly. <laughs> it's so clear-minded in its vision of absolute fucking terrible bullshit. And... And this alien misunderstands every possible idiom. Like if someone says like, uh, God, I don't know. It's, that sure is cool, Beesbo. He'll like make it snow. And like, they're like, oh, Beesbo. Or somebody says, I'm all ears. And he'll give him some fucking big mm-hmm. ears. It's like, it's that kind of thing just hammered into the ground. Just, just hammered like a centaur having sex. Anyway. <laughs> like Christopher Walken just banging a yeah. centaur into the earth. <laughs> and I'm sure you, you run into this problem a lot where... You're like, okay, I, I get an idea of what this is. I'm going to make fun of it or talk about it. And then there's just so much uh, depth to it that you just, I, I can't leave this out. So like Beesbo would do something. I'm like, well, I fucking have to put that in the article, don't I? Stop or doing I things, Beesbo. Yeah. And, and, and by the end, I, I don't know, it was something like 3,600 words on this 40 minute video on manners. All of No them. one saw, I thought. Absolutely necessary. No, yeah, that's. Couldn't cut a single Yeah, that's word. the perfect number of words to write about that. It I really don't disagree. Was. I couldn't pull any out. I went in and like, I got to cut some of this, but I, I couldn't figure out what to cut. And that's the nice thing about our site. We can be very indulgent. See, like, I thought for right from the beginning, I have contention because I don't think he's a little boy from space. That is not the sense that I got. I, I think he's a fully grown pervert yeah. alien who became a little boy with his shape-shifting powers for right. reasons. I, this is a I dark agree. VHS. I was skipping ahead when I called him little boy. <laughs> When he, when he landed, he was a, a full-grown, like, star commander. Like, he was on a solo mission in space. You don't you don't get your own spaceship uh, if you're, like, a little boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, he was here for some reason. He just crashed. Anyway. <laughs> Plus, the character design, they gave him just, like, lifeless, evil static for eyes. Like a fucking Neil Gaiman demon. Yeah, like, terrifying. There's no. That's the easiest way you can tell me that that alien is here for child murders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the most unsettling choice they could have made, and like kind of a a cost intensive effect. Like that's kind of a lot of work, and it's like the Maybe first choice work, they but... made. <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah. very. That's your introduction. <laughs> it's like, should we have snakes come out of his eyes? You're like, no. Let's like lighten it up a little. It's some but demonic static. Got instincts. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something should be coming out of or obscuring his eyes. Right, we got to show that there's that he's just yeah, dead. We have to show, there, we have to show that there's no soul in there. <laughs> yeah, so then he uh, uh he and the child like link souls and do like pelvic thrusts at each other and he takes the form of a human child. Not the same human child, just sort of a similar DNA. Uh Except he's kind of got like an Afro wig, like uh, like Amy Sedaris's character in The Mandalorian. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, yeah, just sort of a an aggressively ugly wig. What a and good shorthand has, like, for that wig. Thank immediately you. <laughs> picture that. <laughs> and they they gave him the giant bat ears. I think they might be the source of his star magic. I should have mentioned he has limitless star magic. Uh, but did you? Have I to? also think that his star magic might be sort of linked to the. Uh, idiom misunderstanding like the family circus mm-hmm. jokes it's not like he can say oh i'd like to eat a bunch of food he has to wait oh until someone says like i could eat a okay, horse so- and then he's like now suddenly he has 
horse food related so it's, powers. It's sort of like the Wishmaster's power where he has to wait around for somebody to say something that could be construed as a wish before he's able to yes. use his magic. Got it. It is right. very yeah, it is very much like dickhead genie. <laughs> <laughs> but but really loose. Like one dude says, I'm gonna blow the whistle on this old alien here and because uh, he's gonna tell the FBI about the alien. And so he said the word whistle, and so Beesbo just conjures a giant whistle around his neck. And so, like, I, I think he could just pull a random word out of the sentence. Nothing. It does nothing. It doesn't I, turn him into a whistle. <laughs> it just gives him a whistle. <laughs> okay. I'm still going to do Celia that. Celia Bonaducci thing, found a big whistle, and she's like, oh, shit, guys, this gives me an idea. And they're like, god damn it, Celia Bonaducci. <laughs> she's just a, fu- a fountainhead what of if, ideas. That's what, that's what I, you hear. What if everything was literal? <laughs> I'm just going to run with it. Nobody stop me. Yeah, no, we're just trying to get through the workday, Celia. <laughs> just whatever you say. Giant novelty whistle from the stars. Got it. Got it. I'll, I'll whip that right up. I love my job. <laughs> this is the best job. <laughs> I, I think that's all I have to say about Beesville. I think uh, it's a good article. Uh, if I, you know, what I could say without ego, I'm a, a complete genius and you should all read it and enjoy it. Uh, so, Brockway, what do you think? Uh, I agree. I agree that you're a complete genius and everybody should read it. That's very nice. That's what I was fishing for. Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) Wholeheartedly. What are you working on? Your own genius works. I am working on, or, well, mostly just wrapped up a piece on Malibu Comics. Tom, do you know uh, Malibu Comics? Do you remember that? Yeah, for sure. Becca, what what are your impressions of Malibu Comics? I'm trying to remember Malibu. I tend to get... I think the biggest thing I remember about Malibu comics were their Mortal Kombat comics. I think that was Malibu. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good start. All right. Good start. That was. That was indeed. And so they got uh, Street Fighter as well. Malibu is just, if you're not familiar, pretty much 90s only. I think they might have survived into early 2000s, but not too much longer than that. And uh, just terrible. Just everything wrong with all of comic books, plus all of just... All of just everything. Everything may be wrong with humanity condensed into <laughs> into one imprint. Yeah, and it's a they, real like awkward moment in in the art. Like there's this section of the nineties that uh I don't think it's gonna age into classics. It's just this like, uh, we were really lame. We did you know, people talk about the pouches and the giant weapons and the all the Rob yeah, Liefeld, the Liefeld stuff. It's it's very much of that uh era. That was it's like people learning from Liefeld. Like yes right like oh is that how you're supposed to do it let me let me give this a yeah, shot yeah there was a it's from like 90 i want to say like 92 93 to like 96 was all that really exaggerated musculature of rob Liefeld and mm-hmm. like we got some prime Malibu real god awful comics out of the mid 90s there but from artists who who didn't take anatomy class no like that's uh are you <laughs> i'm obsessed with the uh the 1995 marvel trading card game overpower are you guys familiar okay. with it? I no, I don't it, know. It, it features if you're interested, <laughs> it features some of the most god awful art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it like the fully painted art? It was, was that... like some of it some of it they used ah, fuck, Jeff would be better at explaining where it came from. Some of it was like pre existing art that they just colored and added some kind of like eff- effects with uh digitally and then some of the other stuff was uh, just produced specifically for the cards, but they're all... And from the 90s, so you know it worked really well. Oh, you know, we definitely had the technology to pull that off. Fucking hell. It's some oh, yeah. of the worst art imaginable. Uh, 
Ah, oh, God, I, I really oh, got to look, it up, look up. I'm going to find one in particular for you guys real quick. You should uh, come on the hot dog site, write an article about about, uh, about how shitty the art is. I would love to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That is prime hot dog right there. There was that era where uh, comic book art on, on cards especially was painted, uh, but it was sort of pre-Alex Ross. So there was like an effort to sort of make it look realistic, but uh, just a massive failure. And, and they all had just, to feel so bad mm-hmm. when Alex Ross came around. They're like, oh, okay. Oh, you could just paint dudes in costumes that kind of look like doughy old men? All right. I, I feel like we tried this. But yeah, something about the way he does it works. I liked the, uh, I liked the Hildebrandt <laughs> brothers, too. They did, I think, a, um, a Marvel Master. I've just series. seen the, the card oh, you yeah. dropped into the Discord. <laughs> Captain America about to eat his own shield and just terrified about it. My favorite part of this is his... I think I, I tweeted this like six years ago, but like my favorite part is his expression, Intellect Six. <laughs> he looks that expression so really completely does deranged. <laughs> and yet energy too i feel like he's bringing some high energy for that too right <laughs> that is definitely it he looks it's it's problematic to even try to describe his facial expression like i feel like i could have in 1993 but i'm not comfortable doing it today but it's it, you're not getting through it without some ableist language <laughs> you really can't it's so I think he's about to eat a sandwich that's a little too big for his mouth right as somebody electrocutes him. That is <laughs> like he's going an apt in. Uh, description. That's yeah. my polite description. There's a touch of sarcasm to it, though. Like, like he might be someone who's not fully dumb pretending to be mm-hmm. dumb. Yeah, like he's really he's really I going for an Oscar. It's, and the anatomy is uh, there's sort of a hand coming in from off frame. Uh, clearly the artist didn't think about how that might be attached to the shoulder and upper arm. He's just got random lumps of sort of ribs and pecs. It's, it's very nineties. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it makes me think back to yeah. drawings. I didn't like grade, every card, sure. yeah, just every card wildly like underqualified <laughs> to draw this. <laughs> it's just, Oh my God. But also like lovingly rendered like like the sketch was just a terrible framework to begin from and he's like oh i gotta shade this fucking blue so good right that's what i mean like you had to do your best work in digital and it's so obvious like <laughs> where the computer came in to try to fix your human weaknesses and it did not the robots didn't save this one nice hanger it's uh, cap he's 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 making a good like six though it's not too bad good <laughs> energy too I always thought of him mm. as more of like a, a canny strategist, not really like, I guess it's tough. You only have four stats. You got to give him a no. high intelligence, but like, like he's, he's got a good plan. But if you're like, Cap, we need someone to hack into the mainframe. He's not your, he's not your guy for that. I do like fighting, fighting eight though. I like yeah, fighting. Sure. Fighting is one of my favorite stats. Like they give you that to choose from in, uh, oh God, what is that? Road to Sturgis that I wrote about. Is that the, you could just, I was going to say, was that the motorcycle game where you took <laughs> anywhere? It's just like, <laughs> What do you do? I fight. I fight mostly. Do you know how to start your motorcycle? I mean, how would you I could fuck somebody you up and yourself? ask them to do it? I, th- I, I would say 80% fighting. <laughs> this whole day is fighting. Anyway, going back going back to Malibu. Good, good diversion. I approve of it. Uh, going back to Malibu, they... <laughs> Were the worst, like they were so unqualified. The writing, uh, plotting, they never knew where they were going. 
next panel, if not next issue. All of their characters <laughs> were just really blind ripoffs of other characters. Like they their their Avengers X Men team is called the Protectors. <laughs> the and they had, like a blatant Wolverine ripoff called the Ferret. <laughs> it was right. it was just it was like your worst idea and like no notes. Just had I'm throwing it out there. Good, we're going with it. Didn't they have a, a Shazam that was uh, they, produced by like what turned out to be, you know, a, an actual child predator? Oh, I, I see. I thought we weren't allowed to talk about this. <laughs> okay, I'll we'll cut it all out. It's too dark. Yes, they did. They did have Prime, and it was it was way more uh, you, dark in tone. You should go to prison in just that direction for that idea. than Shazam. Right. Like everybody makes that joke about Shazam. Prime actually did what those jokes say. And then <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he went to prison uh, deservedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, that's you telling the world, hey, I might like prison. Mm-hmm. Like, what if Shazam was ripped and the boy was real sexy? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. <laughs> what if he could instantly age up to the age of consent and then go back? No. Yeah. No, this is bad. The police are on their way, sir. All of your notes are yeah. <laughs> worse than the notes you have just given. I don't know how you're doing this. Yeah, Malibu didn't just approve that. That was their flagship title. That was their best title. And so so they got somehow they got the rights to Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Which I would love I would love so much to know that story. Uh, I cannot imagine how those meetings went. Anyway, my to to wrap it up since we're we're dragging on on the No, no, <laughs> this is important. Uh, it does, it does my favorite thing, which is the Street Fighter. It, it fails every character. Every character is completely ruined. Uh, I think I think it's probably safe to go into spoilers since I think the column will be out before this runs. Uh, but Ryu is kind of kind of a little molesty. Uh, they try to walk Jesus. it back, but it's not a great first appearance. Chun Li's kind of a danger slut, which is—I mean—that's okay. That's there's nothing terribly wrong with that, but it's maybe not the best look for your only female character, right? And uh, Ken, the other main character of Street Fighter, gets scalped in the first issue, so he's out of there. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> and then they get they get to issue number three, number three, and then set up this—you know—this they finally finish the introductions and set up the story. And then you turn the page, and there's a full-page written apology <laughs> for everything that preceded as they announce their own cancellation. <laughs> Just... And did they uh, cite and the reason for the three? cancellation? Uh, yeah. Issue <laughs> number three like ends. No, they didn't, they yeah, didn't even wrap not... it up. No, <laughs> no, they didn't wrap up anything. They got to the introductions, and then they had to say... Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like due to bas- due to Capcom basically hating this, uh, we got fired, and we're sorry. And then they they spend the last three pages of the comic book detailing the terrible story that they just got fired for telling. <laughs> it's such a magical story. And here's my favorite part about that: it's not the only Malibu series that ends that way. <laughs> oh. Several Malibu series end with a written apology and the announcement of a cancellation. Sorry, no, we fucked it up. We thought we were, we were trying. We, we, we did it again. It up too bad. We'll get the next one. I swear. 
What was the one you wrote about where like they all just died and the apology at the end was like, you know, sometimes things have <laughs> shitty was, endings and like we just killed them, you know? It was Exiles. They wrote, right. I think, like five issues of it. And then all of a sudden, all of the characters just dropped dead within like two or three pages. And then the last page, they're like, hey, sorry. Uh, we did <laughs> Not this. Not everything though. works out. Yeah. You know, they, they died. Uh, I know you think this isn't the end. This couldn't possibly. It's the end. It's over. Goodbye. <laughs> Listen, you just go. You just go wherever the story takes you, and sometimes it doesn't take you to the places you expected. Anyway, they're all dead. Sometimes you abruptly realize it's shit, and you're like, "Nope, whatever." They're all dead. I'm walking away. Walking away from this one. That's a great character arc. You do some stuff, nothing happens, and then you die, and then someone comes in and explains that it was all for nothing. <laughs> it's all for nothing, and you. You're the asshole for thinking otherwise. How dare you? I need to read every Malibu comic now. Uh, <laughs> they're pretty great. I'm going, I'm going through Just them. Just fucking give up halfway through issue three. It's like... <laughs> I, just, I still can't believe they cited, like specifically cited that Capcom fired them for being bad at this. Like you could have said anything. They could have, could have spun said, a million ways. We went different directions. It's so easy yep. to just gloss over that. But they specifically said in the first sentence, Capcom fired us for doing a bad job. Oh, man. Were they were they trying to be it's punk perfect. rock at all? Like, hey, Capcom didn't want you to see this story because it was too real. No, they were yeah, actually not. <laughs> no, there was kind of a like. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is horse shit. I don't know what we were thinking, man. <laughs> Yeah, they fired. We honestly, we got to. That's such a valid reason, though. Like, I feel like just my natural insecurity would be like that. Like, dude, we we cut off Ken's head. You know what I mean? Like, they just can't handle our extremeness. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's what I would tell myself, and absolutely, I would tell the readers. You know, it was too extreme, especially in the '90s. If you're Malibu Comics in the '90s, you could have 100% gotten away with. We were too extreme for Capcom. That's a, that's, I feel like that really appealed to a lot yeah. of shitty kids. That probably would have appealed to me. I would have been like, yeah, st- just show me what, what you were going to do. And then they were, well, no, they were just like, yeah, we shit the bed and rolled around in it. And uh, <laughs> now we're going to leave. And Capcom was right. <laughs> just like they were with the cover of Mega oh, Man 1. Yeah. Mm, mm. They mm-hmm. didn't fire that guy. That's their bar. <laughs> yeah. That guy kept his <laughs> yeah. job. I want to believe that it, that both pieces of art went across the same person's desk. Like, uh, right, yeah, the, the, like the like the same person like saw the Mega Man One art. Was like, nope, no, yeah, this 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 Logan's Run dude is is exactly what I was picturing for Mega Man. Yeah, they tried their best. <laughs> this like is evocative of the Mega Man experience, and then gets to the Street Fighter comic, and it's just like absolutely not. <laughs> Shit the bed for one issue. <laughs> yeah, like I like that. It, I like that it went why. for three. two issues. Like they saw the first two and yeah. they were like, "Okay, well, let's see where this goes." <laughs> then part partway into issue three, and they're like, "Absolutely not. <laughs> this must be stopped." Our main uh, topic we'd like to talk about today is trash TV that is actually wonderful and endearing and awesome. And so we've each brought our own show. Uh, so who would like to start? I would like to start. I would also uh, like for you to start. Because I have because I have the best segue. Uh, anyway, talking about Malibu, they did get some TV deals, and one of them is Nightman, the show I am bringing today. 
Nicely done. I go back to the <laughs> yeah. I go back to the Malibu well a lot. Genius. To be fair, it's the deepest well that anybody has ever dug. Just it's, it's every good to single associate piece. yourself with that because sometimes when you become known for things, you that's you, you spend a lot of time talking about that. So like, if you were to run into a fan and they're like, "Oh, Brockway, I love your stuff." Let's talk about Malibu for five minutes. You'd be like, oh, hey, yeah, I like this a lot. Whereas, right, please uh, talk to me about yeah. Malibu for five minutes, as opposed to almost anything else you're going to say. Like, honestly. imagine our dear friend Cody running into a fan, and they're like, Cody, I'd love to talk with you about problematic and dry politics for five minutes. And he's like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, he's like, oh, at last, finally, my favorite thing. <laughs> It hasn't been slowly killing me for years. You can you can watch it happen in real time. I would love to just just die a little more. We love you. We love the sacrifices. Oh, for you sure. Make for yes. Us. No, it's. God bless him. All right. Uh, I have no idea if this is going to be good watching, good podcasting, probably bad practice, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to post the intro tonight, man. For sure. I mean, so, it already rules. This thumbnail is incredible. Yeah, the thumbnail is great. Hit play at the same time. Same time, are you going to share your screen? How do we want to do this? Uh, I just posted it into the Discord. We'll just all hit play at the same time. Ready? Okay. So on three. three. two, one. Play it. The saxophone. That's his thing, right? He's a saxophonist? He is a saxophone player because the 90s thought that was really cool. There's a hologram of him playing saxophone as he smiles and walks away from it. Uh, they did think the Plymouth Prowler was the best thing about the show. It kind of rules. Shirtless in a towel. <laughs> I mean, we've got it all. We've got attack helicopters. Yeah. Again, saxophone. Very insistent saxophone. Well, we jumped out of the panel. <laughs> Foam rubber suits. I vaguely remember this. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Not a big deal. It, it was a thing. It was on actual TV. It ran for I think two seasons. So they did it on purpose, and then they did some more. Okay, that's that's it for you. Don't have to watch the credits, even though that song is obviously amazing, and you want to keep listening to it. <laughs> So like so you Nightman get... is a saxophonist turned superhero. Yeah, he is a... Uh, I think I have the... Here we go. Hunky jazz musician Johnny Domino. <laughs> pause for <Yes>. laughter. <laughs> Develops superpowers. There's nothing funny about that name. <laughs> Hunky jazz musician Johnny Domino. Uh, I couldn't write a better sentence. Uh, Develops superpowers <laughs> after being struck by lightning while playing the saxophone on a cable car. <laughs> Fucking awesome! <laughs> That's a superhero origin. Because he's also right. from San Francisco, right? So like, oh, we got <laughs> yeah. like his origin, origin has to involve a trolley. He's, str- oh, he's struck so by lightning. <laughs> struck by lightning while playing saxophone on a cable car, and now he can tune into the frequency of evil. Is that really what he can do, or is? That's really what he could do. It sounds like I'm making fun of him. But that's, that's, he gets psychic. How does that look in the show? Uh, he mostly just looks at the camera in a very smoldering way while somebody whispers something evil that's happening. Like somebody will just be like, 
I'm going to steal that car and you're not going to stop me. And then he'll, <laughs> oh, Nightman. But of course, he didn't get any other powers. So It's just that power? Yeah, so the first episode, the pilot, deals with him using that power to steal a super-powered suit, which can do everything else. Now, I'm not a prosecuting attorney, but it feels like <laughs> the discovery of that case would just be Nightman beating the shit out of someone who hasn't done anything. Yeah, well, they seem to be use it for evil. So he stole it from the evil to use against the evil. It's it's like he look like he didn't get the ability to tune into moral gray areas, all right? He got the ability sure. to tune his mental radio to evil. Just straight. I evil. I'm not questioning the the I guess the ethics of what he's doing. If they're going to steal a car, fuck him up. But I'm saying it must be hard for Nightman later when when the police and it, when when the guy just goes free, right? Like he he would either have to kill that guy or that guy would just get out of the hospital and they'd say, man, it's real. It's too bad that terrible guy Nightman beat the shit out of you. It's too bad that for doing nothing. jazz musician Johnny Domino beat the hell <laughs> out of you. He looks just like this guy Johnny Domino my grandma jerks it to. <laughs> Hunkiest jazz musician in San Francisco. Yeah, he rides on top of the trolley car everywhere. I don't know why, but... The evil one. He seems to be... Absolutely the- seen him in his purple Plymouth Prowler. <laughs> I mean, can't miss him. So immediately I have notes about (laughs) (laughs) let's hear him so his ability is to uh tune into the frequency of evil but in order to actually fight crime he has to steal a suit that gives him actual useful superpowers yeah that's the first episode is him getting useful okay well i've got this useless superpower (laughs) so to make the most of it I have to get some useful superpowers. See, already, right <laughs> off the bat, you've added an unnecessary complication. Maybe just give him powers that are actually helpful. Right. Don't. Make him a saxophonist who knows karate. Right. And then or like, kind of done, right? Like, he can fly using the fucking sound waves or something. I don't know. Like, it, of his waves. saxophone, that would be the best. Give him, oh the, just give him the powers of a trolley car. <laughs> What that logically he absolutely <laughs> there, has to. There is an X Man named Banshee who can only fly when he's screaming. So, so there's like a yep. a universe well, right. precedent of him needing that to worked. play the saxophone to fly. That worked so well in the comic, and like I never questioned it. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he would, he appeared briefly in the animated series, and you were like, oh, oh, that's really dumb. Yeah. I see the <laughs> problem here. We need fewer Banshee scenes, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I never questioned that in text form. <laughs> <laughs> he was a an Irish X-Man, which means he grew up in a castle filled with leprechauns and he had a drinking problem. Because yeah. all non-American, non-white X-Men are just every stereotype of that thing in one guy. Because that was how we did inclusive back in the day. Oh, you want to be exactly in this? Right. All right. Well, I'm not looking up anything about you. <laughs> <laughs> just going by what my uncle says about you mixed with like probably some other ethnicities i don't know much about <clears throat> i dropped i dropped some of banshee's hero cards <laughs> from, from hell, hell yeah. wait in that second one he has the same expression <laughs> as captain america <laughs> they gave him an intellect of five fucking guy can't even talk he has to scream all day he has to scream while he's doing what is anything. the point of intellect yeah he's like i got a smart idea but if i fucking say it out loud i will fall to my death ridiculous <laughs> he's a ludicrous superhero 
Uh, I love I love their dead tiny eyes. That's the best part. Yep. All none of them want to be doing this. That no is life such seventh eyes. grader art. It's it's, it's incredible. It's, yeah, both of them are just it, amazing. <laughs> the art in this fucking thing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I, <clears throat> you get you kind of get a sense of what Nightman's about just from that intro, right? Like, you you remember that the '90s were all about these low budget, off brand heroes. Like they weren't, you know, Wolverine didn't get his own show because they weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. They would give you know obscure bullshit. They give like, what was it like Black Mantis or no? It was just Mantis. Mantis and Black Scorpion were other like super low budget foam rubber suit barely remember that it was on kind of shows right Mm -hmm. right okay well a guy saw this article and came to talk to me on twitter and he worked on this show and he had all these behind the scenes like stories about the making of nightman and uh first of all what i was talking about how you get to talk with this guy who made nightman and that's i mean obviously a dream come true like this sounds fun. I'm jealous of. It, of it's this so whole much fun. Thing. It was the best. He came to me and was like, you, "I don't know if you want to hear this." It's like, "Fuck yes, I want to hear this. <laughs> this is all I want to hear." And, and uh, so he he worked on on the show, and uh, it was first of all it was produced by a guy named Glenn Larson, who was just he was the '80s. If you remember the '80s, Glenn Larson brought that to you. He, amongst other things, did Magnum PI. Knight Rider, Mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica. Like, he's just everything you remember about the 80s. And then this this was his other show that he he started doing in, I want to say, late 90s, probably 97. And what was his job on the show again? He was the producer. The fluffer? Oh, the producer. The feather, the hair feather. The the fluffers. The fluffers were were for him and nobody else. And everybody else had to just watch while he gave direction. He, so he got, the guy told me he got the rights for Nightman and they put in an order for 13 episodes at $1 million per episode. And that was a good 1990s. budget back then, I imagine. In the 90s, 490s TV, that was an enormous budget. And uh, just to look at it, you would never know that, especially since he then spent the entire $13 million on the first four episodes. God damn. <laughs> Jesus all right. So you can see some money on the screen, but I don't. You don't see like that kind of money on the screen. Especially in the '90s, you don't see anything like that money on the screen. You have no idea where it all went, and like it's not. I mean, there were there were effects. They weren't good, even really by the time. And it's just it's baffling that they that they did this. He blew the on the first four episodes, but. He uh he did use it. I mean, well, we won't know if he really stole all of it if he's very good at his job, but he used it for the show just not very well. Like he built enormous sets that like you would see for like a second and like a small part of and then they would just throw them all away. <laughs> like there was there was an episode that uh <laughs> I I can't do the episode descriptions without laughing. There was an episode that um had him Somebody built uh, a San Francisco development on top of what used to be ancient Chinatown. And so they were like poltergeists haunted by ancient Chinese ghosts Okay, of, of San Francisco. So he built like this huge underground cave that contained like three blocks of old Chinatown 
uh, somewhat historically accurate to how they were buried. And then you saw them in like one scene, and that w- that was it. Just never never used again. Scrap them. And that they it worked so well that when he brought the cuts to like to the people back in the show, he brought the four episodes to them. They were like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." All right, we'll give you we'll give you more for a few more episodes. They gave him nine million more dollars okay. for the next nine episodes for a, a full series mm-hmm. of 18 episodes. And then he did the entire rest of the show with those episodes. So that like he did four episodes with, with 13 million dollars and then he did like 13 to 15 more episodes with nine million dollars so he blew all of his budget in the first couple of episodes and then like shoestringed it all the way to the end sounds yeah no that that sounds sounds like the perfect creative environment in which nightman could thrive (laughs) (laughs) wait it's not good for the show (laughs) (laughs) and yet despite everything he did not So he had to get super creative to get around uh, not having any money for all of the episodes he promised. Uh, Apparently, he almost got in quite a bit of trouble while they were filming with the guild because he wanted to literally just use a show from a script from a show he did called Highwayman. Uh, Basically unchanged for superheroes in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, Even used some original footage from the show. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he tried to hide it. Like, everybody was sworn to secrecy because he wanted to hide it until the very last minute so they wouldn't get in trouble with the guilds. So everybody had to prep for an episode that they had not seen yet. And this, like, violated union rules? Yeah, big time. I mean, couldn't do any single part of this. Would absolutely get kicked out of the guild. I mean, you you don't own the rights to every thing you've ever worked on you can't sure. just like use footage from your old show without you know not without asking though so he's I, I hope i'm power rangers do it him power rangers do it all the fucking <laughs> yeah! time just fucking hustling <laughs> just absolutely hustling to make this show that was just nothing it was just so bizarre and it came across like the lowest budget i remember it in the 90s and i remember it not what I remember wasn't looking at it and thinking, wow, what crazy special effects. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because a million dollars an episode, you'd expect like a ton of effect shots. Like like an episode of Xena couldn't have been that much, right? Like, no, I was no yeah, way. No, not, no. I mean, I don't know what the number would be, but it certainly I mean, probably isn't a million dollars, right? That's why they filmed it all yeah. uh, in the woods in New Zealand. <laughs> I feel like they just didn't give you very much money for TV back in the day. So for them to do this, and there was, really? if you look it up, there was so much hype about the star, Matt McComb, being specifically the next Schwarzenegger, because he was like a stuntman turned actor, and they, they wanted to play mm-hmm. up like, oh, he's got the body for it, he's got the charm, he's going to be the next big thing, and then they put him in Don't Nightman. disagree. Did he ever well, go on to do anything? No. Uh, no, this was it. He went on <laughs> Poor to... Matt McCall. They, they gave him a shot. They gave him quite a canvas to paint on. He went on to get into scammy real estate uh, deals. McComb. 
Uh, you had it all. You just... had the bod. You had the looks. You threw it all away <laughs> for, real for real estate scams. I mean, he went. He let it get straight to his head. He like all that talk. He 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 told me the the guy that worked on it told me another story about how they wanted to do a ski episode, and so they were gonna go shoot on the mountain, and then Matt announces like, "Well, you know what? I'm bringing my whole family, and we need our own cabin, and we're going skiing." <laughs> so they had to like bump people with reservations to get them there, and then they all got up there, and they went to like get them for the first day of filming, and they found out that he just skipped all of filming to go skiing. Hmm. So he he was not in that part of the episode. Huh. <laughs> I, man, I sort of respect that. <laughs> in, a, in a weird way. Right? It's every... That's like, why I brought you it. Had to, it's, it's, if you're the star of the television series Nightman, you probably... Let's... I, 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 I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here, probably, but like you, at some point, might recognize that the writing's on the wall here i mean it would be a while before we get like the arrowverse where like superhero tv shows were an actual thing like mm-hmm. we had a lot of the flashes before this the flash you know what i mean in 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 one version of the story he's probably just like well i gotta take advantage of this while it still exists so my family and i are getting a ski trip i feel like everybody involved with this hustled Every angle hustled every angle except right. To make it good. <laughs> Nobody that was like at the bottom of everybody's list of priorities was actually making a good show. But everybody was bringing so much hustle <laughs> to this. It's just it's great. It's my favorite part about it. It's like you see it on screen. You're like, oh, all right. I mean, this is pretty awful. It's hilarious in a way that you didn't intend. And then you look into it, and it's like some of the biggest names and millions of dollars, and they're all just side hustling away. I respect the grift. I respect the grift. You gotta respect the grift. I feel like the saxophone has sort of aged into like this Fabio of musical instruments. Like it's sort of sexy, but in an ironic, funny way. I think it ended in 1997 with hunky jazz musician Johnny Domino. I think (laughs) everybody's like, whoop. That's it. Can't, no, can't top it. Look, I I wanted to fuck saxophones <laughs> after Lost Boys, like Lost Boys guy. Yeah, I mean, who didn't get it? But uh, this Johnny Domino shit. If I'm the out, show had been right about that guy, tubas, crime. tubas yeah. are where it's at now. And they just couldn't get that guy. They couldn't get Lost Boys saxophone dude. <laughs> They're like, we want a Lost Boys saxophone type, <laughs> is what they said. This is as close <laughs> as they got. Oh man. Hey, Tom, you have any more uh, Marvel Overpower cards for this, for this Discord <laughs> sure, server? Sure, man. What do you want? <laughs> I don't know. Hit me with like a, like a The Blob. Oh, man, you got a you The Blob? He's uh, especially grotesque. No matter which version. <laughs> wow. They really like yeah. that facial expression. <laughs> It's just like a mouth in the center of like 400 bulges. Just lovingly rendered roundness. He is very bulgy. Not. It's like bending a hot dog. Just. Yeah. Just the part where it bends. It's but like his whole someone. Body. It's like someone whole made. the nook of a hot dog. Someone tried to make a beach ball out of a hot dog using like balloon animal techniques. <laughs> That's. 
That's what I'm going to describe. Uh, this is a really great one. I'm going to drop one more in here. <laughs> Poor Bob only has one inch. <laughs> oh. oh, it's Hulk. Look at this. <laughs> this is the shattered remains of a Hulk Look corpse. Hulk. <laughs> looks like he's, looks like he's being dry cleaned. What the hell is going on with this Hulk? <laughs> I think he's got one giant vein going from his neck down to his tricep, overlapping all of his musculature and bones. Look at look at where if you can see it, like if you click on it, you can zoom in. Look at where his pupils are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a this is a whole corpse for sure. Someone. I like I like that all the other cards get energy fighting strength and intellect and he just gets energy fighting and strength. Yeah, no intellect. We're not even putting Why it on there. You you get it, guys. It's the Hulk. Uh, here, I'll show you. I love it. <laughs> all right, um, before we hold on, before we move on, I just real quick want to read you a, a couple yes, of Nightman episode synopses. Oh, please. Are you ready? Fucking I am ready. All right. Let, let's start with a reasonable 90s episode. Johnny jumps through hoops to save a basketball hopeful from falling in with a crime boss. However, Nightman may have a better shot at saving the kid's career. Oh, that's good. Right? That's like... I feel like that was almost every 90s show. Don't turn to crime. I can teach you saxophone. (laughs) It's a lucrative career. You've seen it. All right. All right. Uh, Rally, he's the, the computer whiz guy. Uh-huh. Rally encounters a face from the past while Nightman combats a group of thieves using high-tech rollerblades. Yes. Very 90s. Very standard 90s. <laughs> you wrote about that rails. episode on the site, right? <laughs> I did, and it was great. It was fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> like, the crux of it is that he has to show up all of the rollerbladers, all of these punk kids. Mm-hmm. So he he's, his computer guy invents a really good rollerblading microchip. Sure. As you do. And then it, it makes him the best at rollerblading so that he does like 18 flips in the air and spins around. And then all of a sudden this like 40 year old man is welcomed into the That's teenage the gang of, of rollerbladers because he's the best rollerblader. Yeah. That's the I'm dream of every 40 year old man, right? I mean, in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, the, it was it was all put on because one of the men, uh, one of Rally's friends, spent his life savings trying to start a rollerblading competition, and uh, <laughs> was rightfully crushed and bankrupted. Oh. Maybe that was but, an allegory know, for Nightman's like behind the scenes budget issues. I think it was an allegory for the nineties. Yeah, maybe like so. All of the nineties. But here, here's where we go a little off the rails. Uh, a descendant of J. Edgar Hoover. Freeze Al Capone, John Dillinger, and Bonnie Parker from suspended animation. Whoa. That was an unexpected development. Yeah, we start escalating. We start escalating real quick. If that kind of story is an option, like, you'd have to feel like such an asshole turning in, like, the basketball player script, right? Right, like... like, I I feel like there wasn't a... Like, nobody had, like, a consistent show Bible or something. (laughs) Like, okay, wait, I'm sorry. We could do ghosts? (laughs) They're like in the writer's room. One guy's like, okay, here, Johnny Domino gets taken in by a tax scheme. The guy's like, okay, Johnny Domino wakes up in the lost city of Atlantis with a fish butt. He's destined to marry the princess of the undersea kingdom. Like, whoa. 
can I re- can I redo way mine? Better than mine. <laughs> Do we have the budget for that? See, I thought I thought we had like, I thought we blew thirteen million dollars on the first four episodes. <laughs> You're shooting for the moon still. I'm I'm shooting for next door. The moon. That's it. All right. <laughs> Charlie Domino fights the moon. <laughs> All right, a couple more. Nightman makes the ultimate sacrifice to save his father from two vampires who are fighting for control of the man's soul. <laughs> the fuck? fuck sure. Yeah. Yes. Add a, add a, hey, I got a note. Add a vampire. Add a second vampire. A rival one. They both want the dad. It's not even about Nightman. It's just about his dad. He's not even in the show. His dad's fighting vampires. Yeah, that's the Highwayman script. <laughs> that's the one they have to pull alright uh, the last last two because I love the way they escalate an alien hunter comes to earth to put a stop to an alien cult leader from placing the youth of Bay City under her control this episode also states that the lightning bolt that gave Johnny his power was not a random accident but the workings of a higher power well then they should have given him a better power <laughs> Psychic, psychic radio. Well, I gave him the power knowing that he would go steal a better power right away. Yeah. All right. Okay. And when you say higher power, is that a Jesus thing or is that just these aliens? Are you ready for the next episode? Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> season finale. Season finale of season one. After a saxophonist friend. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, he has, they all run together in a big pack. After a saxophonist friend is shot and killed during a gas station robbery, Johnny feels he is not doing anything effective to protect Bay City as Nightman. <laughs> However, when he is killed in a car accident yeah. and goes to heaven, <laughs> will, an an- oh. will an angel's touch be able to send him back to Earth to carry on as Nightman? Oh, fuck. First he has to win the big saxophone contest against St. Peter. <laughs> oh, man. That's I love that fucking, fucking show. Awesome. I had no idea. That I love the backstory. I love the, every direction that it takes. I love that there's just no coherency from one episode to the next. Sometimes they, your Nightman has like a stolen puppy ring, and sometimes he's got to <laughs> fight the fucking king of the werewolves. You never know. It's like it's like a bonanza where they would just like take random pilots and just throw it into the main script. I think that's what we're dealing with because those are all yeah they're they're all from different shows. Those scripts. That was their show bible. Was just maybe this one. Yeah, why, not? why the fuck not? <laughs> Listen, the only condition is that there has to be a saxophone player in every episode. Listen, they're not going to give him the saxophone backstory if they're not going to tap it. You know, mm-hmm. you got to you got to di- you got to delve deep into the rich uh, uh, world of saxophone players. <laughs> there and can't be that many jobs for saxophone players. Like, it, I think when I see a saxophone player die, my lead suspect would be the other saxophone players. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cutthroat world. I mean, yeah. they are not friends. Yeah. Tom, you've got to you got to follow that now with uh, with the show you brought. Oh gosh, I feel like such a fool. I had no idea that I'd be following something like Nightman. See, this is why I wanted to go first is to shame you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom, no, you it just was put uh, a really good Hulk in the Discord though. <laughs> uh, <that's, yeah. laughs> look, at that, look at his bicep. He's got a little shoulder. It's about one tenth the size of the bicep. God, it was yeah. so hard for them to do like, perspective. The, that's his, the number one muscular. <laughs> and speaking as a, a kid who sucked at drawing in seventh grade, like what clearly happened here was the guy worked really hard to draw a head, 
took like a five week break, came in and worked really hard to draw a shoulder, took a two year break, came back and drew the rest of the arm. And I think that's what we're dealing with. This is, this is something that should have been erased and started over, but uh, yeah. here it is. <laughs> Very delicately First, rendered. As soon as that First arm started to only bulge draft. out of control. <laughs> yeah. I should have pulled the plug on this. Oh, man. Um, Great Hulk. Great Hulk, Well, Tom. the... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very strong Hulk, yeah. Top-notch Hulk, Tom. Well, the show I decided to bring, it, it's it's the uh, the 1987 series Werewolf. Uh, it ran for one season on, I don't know, Fox or some shit. I don't even know if Fox existed at this point. But it's basically, this is a... a Should we play this thing? Yeah. Let's let's play it. Yeah, actually, let, let, me, let me shut up and just let everybody watch the trailer. We'll watch the trailer for Werewolf. <laughs> Shit get, gets real when that announcer comes on. Eric Cord was just an ordinary college student, not for long. <laughs> uh, he was a non-werewolf until he became a werewolf. And then he was a werewolf. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, eye patch. Guy with an eye patch. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and venture that that's a werewolf. <laughs> oh, that yeah. Dude hunts werewolves for sure. The eye patch, Either that or he is a werewolf. Yeah, okay. So eye patch guy is like the werewolf. He's the evil werewolf. That like, no. That turns our, our main character. You don't say. Yeah. The uh, the werewolf hunter character is named Alamo Joe. Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> no notes. Uh, yeah, and he pursued... Greenlit. Yeah, he pursued a, a hapless college student, Eric Cord, uh, for an entire season of television. <laughs> um, but this uh, accidental segue here, um, it's essentially the Incredible Hulk TV show, except he turns into a werewolf instead of the Hulk. So okay. it's about a dude who's wandering from town to town, uh, solves some local problem and then moves on at the end of the episode why mess with a structure so perfect? <laughs> pretty much like every problem he encounters happens to be a problem you can solve with the werewolf <laughs> to be fair there are not yes. many problems right, that you can't solve yeah, with a werewolf honestly <laughs> i had to do the dishes earlier yeah and i was like you know what make these dishes easier a fucking werewolf mm-hmm. and then here comes johnny cord what's his name eric eric cord, cord. <laughs> Eric Cord comes in, he's like, ah, something was calling to me in here. And I go, hey, can you do the dish? He says, oh, not in the light of this moon. No, not now. <laughs> Fucking trashed my kitchen. Yep. Dishes are not a concern anymore. Yeah, so then you don't even need to worry about the dishes anymore. Right, it's not the way you wanted the problem solved, but you can't dispute that the problem was solved. By problem's the gone. It's mm-hmm. out of my life. Yeah, it, it no Every longer episode. matters. Yeah, I owe the IRS money. Guess what? Fucking werewolf. <laughs> it must have been so great. To legitimately have an eye patch in the '80s, so fucking everybody was so awesome, and they're like every show had a guy with an eye patch, and it was so cool. Yeah, yeah this character's name is Janice Scorzeni. Not, not um, a fan. Yeah, it's not the best name. It's no Alamo Joe. No, it's it's, it's not Alamo it's no Johnny Joe. Johnny Domino. <laughs> it's not even a fucking Eric Cord. Court's pretty bad though. Yeah, it's he's also like you were looking around for a thing to name him after, and you couldn't think of one cool thing. Just, <laughs> uh, fucking, I got plug, Jonathan plug. Uh, am I Harvey Power Strip? Uh, I'm looking at Gary Lamp dangly thing that you pulled to turn it on. I'm blanking. 
Dirty Dishes Werewolf. (laughs) Dirty Dishes Werewolf? What? Now, what's currently holding my pants up? Eric Belt. No? Eric Cord. Cord Belt. Uh, (laughs) Gotta get a real fucking belt. So the the series was created by uh, a man named, uh, this is his actual name, Frank Lupo. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. So... I'm pr- so that's where he got the name. Right. That's where he got the idea. This is my sure. wolf, my <laughs> wife, Full Moon Monster. Right. No, like, I'm pretty sure this series was created by a werewolf. <laughs> right. Like, I doubt, if you're going to buy a series about a werewolf, you buy it from a guy that's clearly a werewolf. Right. <laughs> Expertise. <laughs> I just want to tell my side of the story. Uh, he tried to sell the pilot the year previous uh, uh, as Stan Werewolf, and that was too on the nose, so... <laughs> Frank Lupo, it was. Um, werewolf, here. You said it so dryly. I was like for a second thinking, oh, okay, uh, all right, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's, it's the real story of the making of this television show. Uh, so it was. Um, it, like I said, it ran for one season in 1987. There's 29 episodes, um, but it is extremely hard to find. <laughs> 29 uh, episodes in one season. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. They were 22 minutes, uh, uh, strangely. Like, you would assume a show like this would be like an hour long drama, but no. Nope. Was it a sitcom? <laughs> no, but it was 22 <laughs> was minute <the> format. <laughs> it really it's a very accelerated, like, problem solving. Because, uh, like, the A Team, Incredible Hulk, they take a whole hour, but, like, you'd think a werewolf just, they fucking get it done quick. Right. Like, he sets up the problem, then they start to think of a solution, then he turns into a werewolf. Everybody's <laughs> mauled, and he's like, oh, on to the next town. Uh, pretty much. Like, like I mentioned, I only was able to find. You can find. Uh, there is a French uh, DVD release of this that oh. is possible to, to purchase. Uh, but other than that, there's no official release. Uh, I hope it's, I hope it's fucking huge in France. I hope they love. They love a werewolf. To this day, you could drop a werewolf quote, and any random Frenchman will be like, "Jute alors." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just social currency over there. Is how how well versed are you in werewolf? Um, but I got a couple of werewolf questions. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he that. turns back into a human, mm-hmm. does he have uh, clothes on, or is he like stranded and nude and has to figure out like or what are he they did? Cowards. I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. Um, in the episode, in the one episode I was able to see, uh, he woke up fully clothed with not a hair out of place. Okay. Cowardice. It was close. Yeah. That's cowardice. It was a different outfit. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Oh, and when he, <laughs> so the werewolf is courteous. <laughs> right. So like, and also when he transformed, it was very like, cause I can tell they probably do, you know, they probably went big on the, I, I watched episode 17. So it's right there in the middle. They probably went okay. big on the transformation scene in like the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- when he turns into a werewolf in, in this episode that I watched, it's literally like a guy looks over and shoots at a regular wolf, then turns back and he, it, and it, our, our man, Eric Cord is just full on werewolf. Okay. So he did it like a magic trick. <laughs> like, and, and can he do it by choice or is it just a full moon thing? It's like his hands. It's some kind of like, I'm not clear on the rules. Um, and the Wikipedia entry is not super clear on it either. We gotta get Frank Lupo in here. Apparently, yeah. yeah. We gotta, no, his, we gotta what, find Frank Lupo. So, so here's how it works on TV. I gotta stress, just on TV, not a real yeah. werewolf, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's that might be why like the werewolf lore is so weird in this is he's trying to he's trying to throw people off <laughs> so like his his he's got like a red pentagram on his hand that starts glowing when he's going to turn into a werewolf. It doesn't seem okay. to be tied to the full moon, at least not in this episode. But he gets a little warning. Yeah, like his his hand starts glowing, so he knows it's it's, it's like T minus werewolf time when that happens. I have to use the werewolf. I mean the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so I will give you money if that doesn't happen. <laughs> somewhere in it that might series. there's so many episodes uh but the episode i watched was pretty incredible um it it just starts with him with the, our man just just getting chased by dudes on horseback uh just as a dude or as, as a, a dude like it's he, <laughs> he they must know yeah. right a unique amount of yeah trouble. he wakes up on like some bonanza ranch uh he's just surrounded by bean cans out in the brush, uh, wearing wearing a complete chambray ensemble because it's 1987. Um, it's filled with so many beans, so many beans and denim and feathered hair. This wolf likes beans. What can I say? <laughs> the wolf wants beans. That was their catchphrase for the show. <laughs> I ain't getting on no plane. I want my beans. <laughs> <laughs> The A team makes a lot more sense if 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 B A Barabbas is a werewolf. Honestly, you could make like five edits to each right, episode like you and like make that look so. You wouldn't need to to change all that much to make him a werewolf. Um, God, I'd love that. So he wakes up. He, fan he, edit. Fan edit request. Yes, please do that. He wakes up on this ranch. He gets chased by dudes on horseback and sees that they're hunting this wolf that is caught in a trap. So he releases it because they're, you know, they're brothers. Sure. Uh, so the hunters... Do they fuck? Yeah, not, they, it seems like they're going to at one is it, point. Is it implied? They're go- yeah, okay. The hunters, like, yell at him uh, for letting the wolf go, uh, and then they beat his ass. Um, it was a prime fucking wolf. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, we could, one of the, the, like the main evil rancher has like a really fucked up face. And he's like, the wolf did this to my face and you let the wolf go. Uh, and if you show your face back here on my ranch, I'll kill you. And nobody in the county will notice. And then Eric Cord gets like a really sad face. Like, it, it's, I'm like, really, I, I thought we were going to be friends. <laughs> It's it's either like he really wanted to hang out here, or just like the stone cold fact that these guys could murder him right now and nobody would care just really hit him in the soul really hard right there. Yeah, he's like, oh, small town America. (laughs) People used to be good here, man. I don't have any connections. I've been a a lone wolf, but before now, I never felt alone. (laughs) The life of a werewolf on the road is a lonely one. Uh. So yeah. So they're chasing him because he let a wolf get out of a trap, or is there more? Yes, they're chasing okay. him just because he let the wolf out of the trap. Then he and the wolf hang out for like a couple of scenes, and it reminded me of um, the first like ten minutes of the Star Wars Holiday Special. You know, when it's just Chewbacca's family screaming at <laughs> right. each other because it's, <laughs> it's it's just so they no just have a lot of like all wolf dialogue. Yeah, yeah. There's no subtitles. Uh, it's just him sitting there having a conversation with this wolf. And like it's 
because I haven't seen the rest of the show, I really can't tell if he's just doing a fun bit because he's alone or if he can really understand <laughs> what the wolf is saying to him. <laughs> it is completely impossible to tell. Uh, the wolf... The wolf, like, feeds him, like, brings him a I was going to do the rest of my uh, podcast in wolf, if that's all right. Yeah, no, please do. Okay. <laughs> I'll do subtitles. Um, at one point, he's creeping through this a fucking incredible moment it, it cuts it, we're, we're sitting with the evil ranchers who are stewing about their next plan to go get this wolf and then we come <clears> back to Eric Cord who's like creeping gently through the underbrush and then he steps on this embankment and loses his balance and falls all the way down this really steep hill and then literally flies head first into a very small body of water and then we see him float back up face down and then the scene ends <laughs> that's the that's the danger. He's just a fucking idiot. Yeah, he just falls <laughs> just down a hill and goes sailing. <laughs> just Jerry Lewis style yeah. klutz. <laughs> just head first into a tiny, like a two foot deep creek. So he's paralyzed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he next time on the adventures of dipshit werewolf. <laughs> he has to change into a werewolf to repair his spine. He's like. Changing a tire, he drops it on his fucking foot. <laughs> oh! Tune in next week. Twist is that the werewolf is like sick of cleaning up after him. Like, I fell into a goddamn <laughs> truck full of horse shit again. I just. And then you werewolf out. You werewolf out for that, is what you do. Mm-hmm. So we learned that the evil rancher's vendetta with this wolf is there, there's a very awkward flashback that barely lets itself be known as a flashback. So at first you just think it's something that's happening. So we see this this evil rancher like finds this litter of wolf puppies uh, and then like really sprightly leaps off of his horse uh, and beats the puppies to death with a log. Like he's I I really emphasize that he like springs gaily off of his horse. Like he's he is very excited (laughs) to beat these puppies to death. Sounds like there's a lot of strange acting choices there, in it, Werewolf. Oh my god. The the main guy is like really bad. He's like kid in a serial commercial is how he delivers his lines. <laughs> like when they ask when the rancher asks him why he let the wolf go, he's like, I felt sorry for it. And that's like exactly how he delivers it. <laughs> so we learn why the wolf and this rancher has a vendetta. He comes back at night to kill them both. Uh he's about to shoot Eric. The wolf leaps in and attacks the rancher. The rancher shoots the wolf. He turns back to Eric. Eric is now full on werewolf, kills him. Then we cut to the next morning with Eric in a different outfit. Like I said, not a hair out of place. Buries the wolf, uh, uses the rancher's rifle as a gravestone and leaves. And as we're seeing the end credits roll, we see that he's just left the rancher's body just like face down on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> buried the wolf so he <laughs> it should end with you having that's, to raise all of those puppies with you settling awesome. down uh so that's that's like legitimately awesome yeah it, yeah it's so that's 22 minutes of uh, uh of werewolf i need to see the rest of this tv show it sounds like some effective storytelling <laughs> it sounds like dense 22 minutes yeah like no bullshit that sounds like pretty good like visual storytelling at the end of that that sounds like high art that i'm it's it's strange the show didn't make it, is my point. Yeah, no, it should have. Here's an episode I absolutely have to see. It's called uh, The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. <laughs> Already got me. Rogan is uh, Alamo Joe Rogan. So the, the Alamo Joe's last name is Rogan. So his name is Joe Rogan. Okay. 
Well, Fantastic. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just amazing. Um, injured by Rogan, Eric seeks shelter in a young boy's treehouse and soon runs afoul of his mother's abusive boyfriend. So, like, he's going to werewolf out on her kid's mom's abusive boyfriend. All right. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a lot of these problems that could have been solved by a solid punch to the face are instead solved by werewolf. Uh, it's a level of escalation. Here's one that should appear appeal to Brockway. Um, working at a small diner to make ends meet, Eric gets more than he bargained for when a cutthroat motorcycle gang rides into town. No. Yeah. Hell yes. See, that's a werewolf problem. That's more than one dude. That's true. You have yeah. To fight a whole I, motorcycle gang. I'm not even watching this unless he joins mm-hmm. the biker honestly, gang. Honestly, and then we've got werewolf on a motorcycle. Yeah. Honestly, if you're not a bunch of werewolves, that's TV. And you don't form a biker gang. Like what? You're wasting the gift of the werewolf. I mean, listen. You don't even have to like join their gang. You just have to be. You have to like have the lone wolves on your back. Riding your hog around town as a werewolf. Mm. I'd like it if the gang came in. They're causing problem in the diner. They see Eric Cord and they're like, hey, if you're not a werewolf, you can fuck right off. And Eric Cord goes, well, I got some good news for you, pal. I'm a werewolf. And they're like, oh, we finally found one. We've been doing this at diners up and down the goddamn highway <laughs> looking for werewolves. How many werewolves have you found? Not a lot. We found one, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So just a couple quick more things. Um, The series ultimately ends with Eric Cord discovering that the person he needs to destroy uh, to sever his werewolf bloodline and become human again is uh, Brian Thompson, um, who, in addition to being the villain from Cobra, uh, is oh, nice. the alien bounty hunter in the X-Files. He also played Shao Kahn in the second Mortal Kombat movie. Sure. So that gigantic dude is a werewolf on this program, and that makes me want to watch it even more. Yeah, he's great. Um, Not even, like, just playing himself. Yeah. Just, you got to take down Brian Thompson. Yeah, no, if he walked into a he's... room and said, I, by the way, I am a werewolf, I'd be like, yeah. I am the lead werewolf. Mm-hmm. You sure are. Yeah, buddy. We know. Like the A-Team, you could make very minor edits to the film Cobra and make his character a werewolf. <laughs> Just a well-placed transformation. <laughs> yeah. um, and the last thing I, w- I wanted to bring up is, uh, like I said, the show's very hard to find. Um, I found only one full episode, as, and then a bunch of really brief clips that don't appear to have any rhyme or reason. Some of them have werewolves have have him oh, oh, like a werewolf transformation in them, but some some of them don't. They're just like random scenes. And every single clip of this show that I have found are on two uh, YouTube users. Two specific YouTube users have uploaded all of the werewolf clips I've seen. Mm-hmm. I've clicked on both users' profiles for both uh, both of these people. Every single video they've uploaded to YouTube involves werewolves. That's Frank Lupo, for sure. <laughs> yep, I'm just going to say. Frank Lupo. One of them, F. Lupo. Frank L. for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Frank, do like not that, a werewolf, Lupo. I like that his transformation is instant. I feel like uh, a lot of times I watch werewolf movies, and I think, dude, I would never become a werewolf like... You watch their dudes, like their bones re-knit and it just looks really painful. And I just know enough about myself that I'm like, I, I like don't even work if I have a hangover. You know what I mean? If if I had a fucking 
have all my shit get turned inside out to become a werewolf. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, am, I am surprised and impressed that they didn't like that. They filmed one transformation sequence and they didn't just use it to kill right. like four minutes every episode. Yeah. Good like that's, that's how you do it. You know, you fill, you blow all your budget on the one transformation sequence and then like magical girl style, you just play it over. Mm-hmm. It, Zoom well, in on the whole ripping song. out of his shirt. In, in fairness, they just, they didn't do that in this episode. It might happen in 20 of these episodes. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> It'd be weird yeah. if it didn't. Yeah. Cause it's right there. Right. Like, Oh, that can save us a bunch of money. <laughs> anyway, that's my, that's, that's my thing. That's all I have. That's all I have on Werewolf. <laughs> and it was great. I might get this we gotta I find might it. get this French DVD just so I can see this entire show. <laughs> it's gotta Guess be somewhere. Through it. We gotta find it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look too super hard. Like I didn't try to look for torrents or anything. It, you could probably find it that way. It's one of those places on the internet where you're gonna have to do it deal. Yeah. I I it it yeah. It was one of those things. Like, oh I'm gonna have to like actually You're gonna have to give up something you don't want to yeah, give up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a pentagram on my hand. The show I brought is called Danger Island. And the bit we're going to do here, I'm going to play the intro. It's a minute long. And Brockway, I want you to just try your best to explain everything you're seeing as it gets displayed to you. Okay. So, yeah. You're ready? I'm going to hit play. Here we go. Looking at an island, a shark, uh, back back to island, jaguar, snake, fuck, people, the laughing natives uh now angry natives uh jesus christ rapid zooms on everybody in the world <laughs> punching a native that does nothing this is riding we're physically riding the natives around like horses <laughs> and now just a wacky food fight complete with monkeys uh we are still beating on the native all right stop beating on the natives now we've got some pirates uh we're underwater we, this is the most jump cuts that has ever been. Oh, my God. Uh, we're in a river. We've been on a river for a long time. It must be significant. Uh, pies. Everybody got hit with pies. I'm not sure why. Uh, still back on the river. Nothing has happened on the river. Somebody <laughs> fell in the river. A lot of river time. Uh, zooming on the asses of the natives. Oh, baby kitty. Got a little baby kitty in here. Uh, Benny Hill fast motion chase scene. Zip line. Baseball. Uh, more uh, pirates I think they're supposed to be pirates just everybody's having a real good time on ropes good <laughs> good time on ropes going on through here and now a friendly water wrestling match cougar there's a sudden cougar ah it's the worst kind That's of it. cougar Jesus Christ danger <laughs> there was not, the longest scene in that was a shot of them paddling a boat on a river while nothing happens <laughs> And it was maybe three seconds. Right. That is the most jump cuts I've ever seen. That's the intro uh, to Danger Island, which was a part of the Banana Splits Super Hour. And that was a 1970 show. And the Banana Splits would, um, it was just like four like misfit Muppety things. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, a lot of the segments, they would just kind of go to a theme park and fuck around. And then they would speed up the camera work. And that would be it. That would just play a song over that for four minutes. Uh, they also did some uh, animated shows. They had uh, Arabian Nights. A lot of Han- It was a Hanna-Barbera production, so it was that like type of animation. And Danger Island was something they did, uh, according to Wikipedia, to keep the budget low. 
Yeah, because <laughs> this was cheaper than because the Muppets. Like, an the Muppets were eating up some budget, right? Which it, it that seems like one of those things that can't possibly be true. Because Notoriously this is high like, budget, those Muppets. <laughs> right. <laughs> it seems like uh, this show is maybe the highest production I've seen on a kids' show ever. Like they're on location uh, in Mexico, in this beautiful tropical beach. They have probably forty stunt performers. Yeah, there was like eighty like, people in that in yeah, that intro and. Uh, they have crane shots and helicopter shots. In the opening episode, they explode a boat. And uh, the animal stunts are, like, legitimately amazing. Like, uh, in the second episode, a dude wrestles a shark. Like, actually wrestles a shark. And I don't know if they got, uh, like, random footage of that. Like, stock footage. But it it seems like at least the same stunt guys they use in the show. I love... And he gets on the beach. I love when they do that. When they find, like, an awesome clip and they're like, I'm going to write the episode around it. Yes. It, and it could be that situation, but uh, later he gets on the beach and like wrestles a jaguar, and it's just a dude that kind of looks like Jan Michael Vincent, who's the star of the show, just head tucked into a jaguar's armpit, rolling around on a fucking beach with a live angry jaguar. And right, but that was leaves. cheap. That was cheap back in the day because all you had to do was be like, <laughs> "Hey, Jan Michael Vincent, jaguar." He's like, "I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm so, ready. I'm uh, always. I'm always ready." <laughs> one of the stars is of course Jan Michael Vincent mm-hmm. and um he you everyone probably knows him from Airwolf uh and when he filmed this he was um I guess the word is a twink like he's he's fit but more like he just has zero body fat like he's just like this lean like sexy cougar of a man right mm-hmm. and he's kind of got this like uh sort of distance about him you know what I mean like I guess the way I try to describe him is if if you were writing a movie and it was about a character like an Oklahoma farm boy who gets off in the valley on a bus and gets out right in front of like a gay porn studio and you need to cast for that character and then Jan Michael Vincent walks in, your casting director's eyes turn to dollar signs. Like he's just <laughs> the perfect off the bus twink and he solves every problem with a punch. And the thing about this show is that it's probably 60% fighting. Most of the scripts call for a lot of violence, but uh, one of the stars is a little girl and uh, none of them seem to be trained like stage actors. Not only that, there's no choreography. So when the script calls for someone to to punch someone, they just punch them really, really gently. And that doesn't look like anything other than what that is, right? Mm -hmm. And so this show that, that clearly someone spent so much money designing sets and getting people out there and blowing stuff up and hiring animal wranglers. And they're like, okay, just, just kind of fucking do, go fight, you know? And so uh, every, (laughs) right. You get it. Every episode is a hilarious mess. Uh, and the, the, the amount of joy you can get from a danger Island fight scene is, uh, it's so total because there's the failure of what they're doing but also, like, the plot generally involves these children in terrible, like, death-defying circumstances. Like, these are actual pirates who killed all the off-screen actors. Like, two of the people are there on the island because these pirates killed everyone. And they have, like, the main character's little girl. And so there's a lot of, like, implied, like, like she's in a lot of peril. And then a fistfight will break out, and they'll just kind of have a really gentlemanly fistfight. And then they'll kind of go back to what they was. Okay, thanks for the fist fight. We'll just keep her prisoner and everything's fine. 
You're talking fast because that that trailer was nuts. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to get through all of right. the new ones. There's just too much to talk about. So there no, were 846 fun. scenes in that 50 minute, <laughs> 50 second. And uh, early in the second episode, we're introduced to another character. There's there's the main guy, and he's like a research scientist who's trying to find uh, the lost city of Tabang- Tabanya. And he's there with his daughter, who I mentioned, and uh, Jan Michael Vincent, who I think is not his son, but like like his sort of uh, utility fellow for the ship. Just his, his twink, his, his sexy young twink. And when Jan Michael Vincent wakes up on the beach, he meets uh, a dude named Lincoln, or Link, and they have a fist fight, of course. Link knocks him the fuck out, Sweet. then wakes him up, and uh, Jan Michael Vincent is about to fight him again. He's like, hey, stop. And like... You realize, oh my god, they can both talk and they both speak English. Why didn't they do this earlier? But that's like the way the show g- goes. They just and, assume they couldn't talk, right? Like they just said, "No, we'll decide this with fists." Stranger on the beach, and I mean, when you're on Danger Island, you you punch first and exactly ask questions the next Never. day. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Link has been shipwrecked there. As I mentioned, everyone he knows has been killed by these pirates except for a young boy named Chongo. And he calls oh, Chongo by screaming. He screams, uh-oh, Chongo. And when he does that, Chongo just sort of magically appears. And Chongo, <laughs> uh, despite being a normal person, somehow in the process of being shipwrecked here, lost the ability to speak. So he can only speak in like monkey sounds and bird sounds. But he's also like the world's greatest fighter. So he's always just giggling and screaming like a bird and just fucking the fuck up. Uh, uh, all of the the pirates, the natives, whatever you got, he's always swinging in from crazy angles to knock everybody over. Uh, yeah, he did a lot of that. And the I saw a guy doing that. I was like, why is this yeah. guy swinging in from crazy angles to knock everybody over? And That's Chongo. And he he's uh-oh. basically if if you're losing a fight, you say uh oh Chongo into the night, and he'll just appear and have a great I'm time. I'm gonna fucking try that. Yeah. No, as <laughs> yeah. soon as we're done I, recording, it, it would probably work. I'm going to pick a now, fight and then, uh-oh, Chongo. <laughs> and at the very least, they'll be confused long enough for me to run. <laughs> if they're like an elderly person, they might remember this show. And they'll be like, oh, hey, I remember that. Uh, another uh, star attached to the show. This was filmed in 1970. Uh, the director made this eight years before he made another movie you might have heard of called Superman. <laughs> Richard Donner? This is a Richard Donner directed show. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the fun Danger Island twist. He must have learned a lot of lessons making this. I, I too, I feel like I have really re- learned this about myself. I am a failure learner. I have to like make every mistake myself mm-hmm. and just get in there and fuck it up. And then somebody says like, no, you did all this wrong. Or I just, you know, instinctively see, well, I blew that up. Let's not do that again. He must be, I can tell, he must be a failure learner. And he just, my God, he learned so much. <laughs> well, I think not a single person on this show can act. Jan Michael Vincent can, but he only says about one line every three episodes. Uh, so he's dealing with some some terrible performers. And then every time there's an action sequence, as I mentioned, it's just sort of like, guys, just have some fun with it. Chongo's going to swing in. You won't know when. He's going to hit one of you when you when he... When he hits you, you're going to fall over. Uh, all right, action. 
Here's like, a fun thing. Fuck? Try try riding the black people around. All of the white people now <laughs> ride the black people. That's a fun thing that yes. we can do in, in whatever fucking year this is. It is very problematic. They're, I mean, the natives on this island are full Ooga Booga Looney Tunes natives. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> How and long the, are these the, episodes? Like you said, they were just full time. They're like 10 they're, minutes. They're five minutes long. Oh, my God. He made, um, I was not prepared I for that. say... Like six hours of it. So it went on for a very, very oh long time. Oh, my God. This and, was uh, epic. Yeah. But also, you never knew when they do this, they could fill a minute 20 with just that intro we looked at. They, they sometimes play that, which is, you know, 20% of the entire episode. <laughs> and so. then the rest is just and <laughs> riding around the natives and then Chongo comes in to kill everybody. Exactly. And a, a fight could take three minutes and that's it. You're done. That You got a whole Danger Island. Oh, man. So, I would have fucking loved yeah, that. Yeah, this sort of it, sounds like the greatest show, yeah. Yeah. I it, mean, not now, but then, absolutely. Yeah, no, you couldn't it was watch this your dream show. <laughs> yeah, that's somebody that understands children of, I don't know, probably before the 90s, say. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of those Hanna-Barbera things where it feels like all the decisions were um, governed by having no money and no real research done on what children want. It's just like someone had the idea like kids love beating the shit out of natives. Let's let's do that. And it turns and out, yeah. Sure. They love it. And then maybe they like theme parks. Okay, we'll try that. And they like Arabian Nights. Kids love Arabian Nights cartoons. What about and, Muppets? You know, we know they like Muppets. Yeah, fucking oh, get them yeah. in there. Try some Muppets. <laughs> who, can, yeah. who can afford Muppets? Thousands of dollars a minute just to operate those things. Yeah, let's take a couple of helicopters and crane boats out to the Mexican islands and... and Film a giant sprawling epic. I got That'll an island we can blow up. It's cheaper than Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we put a Muppet in that helicopter? I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> well, I encourage everyone to go um, watch Danger Island. I'm sure there's some shit on YouTube. It's it should be easy to find. If it's you just watch, if you just watch the opening, I'm pretty sure you've watched the entire show. Yeah, I think like get, every scene from the show. Right. It's, it opening. sounded like everything you described, uh, Sean then explained. Yeah. Everything I did was useless. In fact, we'll probably cut all of it. Uh, and we'll just leave in the one minute where Brockway is explaining uh, the intro. Right. And I was just still, I was just <laughs> delighted to, to learn that everything he was calling out was indeed yeah. what was happening. It's the greatest supercut ever edited together. It is no more sophisticated than exactly what it looks like. <laughs> right. <laughs> Add like 40% more like snap zooms than you were picturing. And uh, and that's it. You, you got it. I feel like it's that old meme where you, you look at a word and then it starts flashing single words faster and faster. And it's like, you can read faster than you think if we just keep flashing words at you like this. And like... You can process television so much faster than you think. We just keep flashing scenes at you like this. Look how fast we're going. You can digest all of this. It's in your brain now. It's true. It is in my brain now. And it worked. I got it. Why isn't all TV delivered like this? Compressed six hours of Danger Island into our brains. So, Tom, before we go, is there anything you could plug for us? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got my uh, Patreon and podcast network with David Bell. Uh, called Gamefully Unemployed. It's patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. You can also find us at by searching Gamefully Unemployed or GU or Story Mode, uh, which is what we decided to call our podcast before we decided to just 
mostly do podcasts. So now it's a confusing naming thing. I don't know. Uh, it's all out there. Uh, so yeah, please check that stuff out. I would uh, appreciate it. Sweet. And uh, I think we should leave with an Ochongo. Chongo! Einstein Hooter Frankfurt! Einstein Hooter Frankfurt! It's a podcast canal! Und mit maximalem Schau! Doc Frankfurt Podcast? Correct! Yeah! The craft is not trapped, it's not ohne! Schick die in the Hundesau! Für eine Stunde! Komm schon! Du kennst die Nummer! This Dog Zone 9000 was made possible by contributions from Hot Dog Supremes like Benjamin Siran, Dr. Awkward, Yosari, Josh S., Zachary Evans, Adrian Hisbrook, Aiden Moat, Brianne Whitney, Josh Fabian, Armando Naba, Lyman, Toasty God, Neil Schaefer, Doug Redmond, Jaber Al Aiden, David Forna, Mike Stiles, Eric Spalding, the artist formerly known as Devin, Hawk, Neil Bailey, Micah Phillips, Yanis Ioannidis, Holly Poisuo, John McCammon, Nick H., Matt Riley, Rhea, Rich Joslin, Ken Paisley, Timmy Leahy, Dean Costello, Three Finger Louie, Nick Ralston, Zadarfan, Jamie Gordon, John, and Jeremy Neal.